Wednesdays. What's good? Today we got a banger. It's the intro to the 2023 NFL rookie class. And what could go wrong here? It's early February. I'm without, you know, combine, without consensus rankings. I'm without solidified draft capital. But I do have two things. I got the damn tape, and you know I keep that thing on me, the model. So I got some stats. I got my model. We'll go through some of the tape and we'll quickly go through way too early draft rankings. My quarterback one right now is Ohio State C.J. Stroud. It's going to be him and Bryce Young. To me, C.J. Stroud kind of looks like Dak Prescott. At least that's kind of what we're hoping. He kind of looks like an NFL quarterback, 6'3", 215. He's got a strong base. He's probably got B-plus arm strength to me. He doesn't require like a big windup or anything like that. Pretty accurate over the middle. He handles blitz as well. And like the last couple of years, he's been putting on a clinic. He led the entire college football and quarterback rating uh, in his first season. Last year, he was third. Kind of the negatives with him is he doesn't look to scramble. There's not a, really a lot of creativity to his game. So I don't really see a massive ceiling, but I know he's going to project well in my model because his stats are amazing. Number two, Alabama's quarterback, Bryce Young. I think he's got a chance to go first or second overall here. He's a very interesting prospect because the stats are 100% there. And he has a lot of poise in the pocket. One thing I noticed when watching his film is his eyes never leave downfield. He's not looking to scramble here. He's pretty athletic, but he's not a crazy athlete, but he loves to stay in the pocket. And there's kind of some pros and some cons to that. The pros is he has a lot of experience running an NFL offense. He can do the RPO thing. He's very poised, but when he does go to scramble, he's going to be able to take some NFL style hits. Could he see over the offensive line? I hate to bring up all these topics, but at 5'10", 190, he's a complete outlier when it comes to NFL projections. And I don't think that his arm is all that amazing kind of has this narrow base that's the one thing to look for when he's standing in the pocket is just going from narrow to kind of throwing the ball downfield i don't see a lot of zip so some pros and cons for bryce young i think he's gonna be okay my quarterback three right now is anthony richardson to me he's kind of like an even rawer justin fields without all of that production that fields has he was 86 out of 123 qualifiers and passing epa last year he's really raw but like fields he's got a lot of the athletic traits that you're looking for six foot four 235 pounds i saw him a couple times throwing the ball 60 yards in the air on the move he's got all the abilities staying inside the pocket when it comes to arm strength uh, he also averaged 54 and a half rushing yards per game nine rushing touchdowns i think he's got like tier two speed he's not lamar jackson or anything like that but definitely a plus rusher the problems is he doesn't have that much touch on his throws he throws it with way too much velocity on these short throws and he doesn't keep his eyes up top so this is a work in progress i think that he will go in the first round maybe a team like the lions take advantage of giving him a year to develop. My quarterback four is Kentucky's Will Levis. This to me is like cover band Josh Allen here. To be honest, I don't really get all the love. He's gonna be 24 years old as a rookie. He puts mayonnaise in his coffee. He was 116th out of 123 qualifiers in EPA lost to sacks last year. And keep in mind, he's older and he's a power five senior. We should expect him to be more developed than what he is when he was even kept clean in 2022. He had a 15 to eight touchdown to interception ratio, which is not very good. And he wasn't even trying to throw the ball downfield only with a 7.2 a dot. So I get some of the positives, obviously six foot three, 230. He's got probably borderline tier one arm strength, lots of torque, definitely a strong core. And he can throw the ball inside the red zone and it's some tight window. He can definitely lower shoulder in the ground game. I've seen him on quarterback sneaks, zone read, goal line, all the fun stuff. You can dream big with Will Levis, but I just don't see it coming to fruition here. So just a bad combination of being older and still undeveloped 
despite playing with some power five programs. So those are the four quarterbacks I think we should care about. And there's the clear top player we should definitely care about is Bijan Robinson, the Texas running back. I think he's going to go round one. I wouldn't blame some teams for drafting him later. I see someone like David Johnson just because he has really solid athleticism. Definitely a five-star recruit type of player, six foot, 220. He looks like an NFL running back. And he can do it in multiple ways. I think that he's got great long speed. He's got really fantastic feet for a big back. Lots of jump cuts. He can do some spin moves. He can get skinny. He can do a lot of things out in open space. But even when things get condensed, he had a 69% success rate on carries within three yards to go. Uh, he did this against a, the number one strength of the schedule in college football last year. And he was top three in yards after contact. He had over a thousand yards. The biggest benefit for Bijan Robinson is you can get him out in the slot as well. There's this beautiful post move from the slot where he made a diving catch in traffic. There's a lot of good things with Bijan Robinson. To be honest, I can't even find that many flaws with him. So I think he's got a chance to be a top 10 draft pick in redraft this year. One of my bolder takes right now is my second running back is Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. And this comes from a Trojan. So you know you can take this one to the bank. I kind of see a little bit of James Conner. He's not the most sudden, doesn't have the best long speed, but Anything between the tackles, I think he's got at a pretty high level. Last year, he led the position in EPA per carry. He was fourth in success rate. On first and second downs, 7.1 yards per carry. He had a 72% success rate on carries with three or three yards. His yards after contact metrics look really good. If you go listen to any, any of his interviews, he's really smart. Definitely a well-spoken guy. The two negatives are the long speed, and he was a senior, so he doesn't have that early declare that we're looking for. But I think that Zach Charbonnet has a chance to be a bell cow back in the NFL. My running back three right now is Jameer Gibbs. Everyone loves this dude, and I understand why. Alabama... He averaged 6.7 yards per carry on outside zone stretch and pitch runs because he's super explosive. They can get him out in the slot. They use him on option routes, Texas routes against linebackers. He's got a lot of experience, so he's definitely going to be the class when it comes to playing on passing down. Some of the negatives I didn't like about his profile is his overall production. He has 50th percentile PPR points, 49th percentile yards per game among drafted running backs. He didn't have any experience really running between the tackles. He only had four carries inside the five-yard line. He only had 10 carries with two or fewer yards to go, 112 out of his 151 carries came off tackler on the on the perimeter and then in pass protection he was 217th out of 251 according to pff's pass blocking grade and he was actually 163rd in pass block reps so he's pretty inexperienced when it comes to protecting the quarterbacks we know how big of a deal that is for the nfl so definitely a pros and cons and i think that if his adp gets too out of control i will be fit next up two lanes running back taiji spears this is another really fast but undersized type of player. He had 7.8 yards per carry on first and second down carries. He had a 72% success rate on carries with three or few yards to go, which was pretty surprising given his size. The negatives here, three-star recruit, obviously played at Tulane. He only had one year of 1,000 yards, and he's definitely a tiny back. So it just really comes down to how much work can he handle in the NFL. Devon Achain from Texas A&M. He is a four-star junior early declare Pretty productive. He had a 68th percentile PPR points per game. Career 6.4 yards per carry. He had 46 targets as a junior. He had 24 receptions as a sophomore. All this stuff looks pretty good here. The problem is he's five foot nine and 185 pounds. He only had 11 touchdowns. 
So really what it comes down to, he has like legit track speed. He's actually an accomplished track star. Is that enough to kind of overlook some of the size concerns? But it is a positive that he had a big workload in the SEC. Next up, Dwayne McBride out of UAB, 5'11", 215. He stands pretty upright, which is kind of a bad thing. He get chopped down at his legs, but 7.3 yards per carry. He was second in yards after contact per carry. He was third in PFF grade. He's a junior. He was very productive. He's an early down guy only. He only caught two passes. So some of the PPR bros are probably going to be out on Dwayne McBride. Pretty similar, Kendra Miller from TCU. He was an early declare, 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns as a junior, career 6.7 yards per carry. Two years ago, he actually led college football with five yards after contact per carry. Last year dropped down a little bit when his workload expanded. I think he's got a little bit of pop to him. He's got a great interview if you can catch one of those. So he's kind of one of these round four sleepers that has my interest. Auburn running back Tank Bigsby's up next. He's a very interesting guy. He caught 30 passes as a junior. Obviously has that SEC pedigree. Looks pretty quick to me. I'm curious what his NFL combine numbers are going to be. At the end of the day, he only had 36 percentile PPR points per game only 11 carries inside the 10 yard line is kind of profiles all over the place. So I definitely want to dig down into his prospect profile a little bit more once we get that combine information. Bijan Robinson's backup is Roshan Johnson, who's a four star recruit, another running back that looks the part. He's six foot one, 220 pounds, 4.3 yards after contact, graded out well in pass protection. I thought he looked like he had a little bit of burst. You don't see college backup running backs having a lot of success in the NFL, but there's obviously a huge excuse when Bijan Robinson is the starter. Old Mrs. Zach Evans is up next. Five-star recruit, looks the part when you're just watching him. He clearly has a ton of athleticism. He looks like an NFL running back. 6.9 yards per carry over his career. The problem is, is his vision is just horrendous. He had to transfer out from TCU. Uh, he broke out after doing that, but still only had 22nd percentile PPR points, 24th percentile yards per game among drafted running backs. I don't know what his issue is because when you watch him, you can see all of the possibilities and the upside with him, but something's just missing. So we'll have to figure out what that is. Last running back is Georgia's Kenny McIntosh. This is going to be somebody on the Jameer Gibbs, maybe a Naeem Hines. He's a four-star recruit, a lot of diversity in the receiving game. You see him on wheels some screens, the quick outs, all that fun stuff. On first and second downs, he did run with a little bit of pop, 6.9 yards per carry. His interviews are hilarious. If you can go find one of those, but he only had 53% success rate on these early down runs and that's behind the georgia offensive line and he was really bad in pff's pass blocking grade so you have to figure that out because his projection in the nfl is clearly as a passing down back this video might have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing you have a night in room service bathrobes and television or movies and when you're in a foreign country you scroll netflix or hulu or whatever streaming service you have and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. 
That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Way longer than I thought. All right, on to the wide receivers. Let's start with fellow Trojan Jordan Addison. I think he's going to go in the middle or late part of round one. I think he's on the Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley plane. He had 4.4 yards per route run versus man coverage. You can line him up inside or outside. He can be used in the screen game. That's where 23 of his receptions came last year. It's just a size thing with Jordan Addison. Is he going to be able to take press man coverage? I think the answer to that is going to be yes, but it just comes down to to what degree. Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. I think he's going to be on that round one, two border. Kind of see him as maybe like a Marquise Brown, Tyler Lockett, Nelson Aguilar, Darnell Mooney type of player. He's really slender. And I think that's where his negatives are. And he's not a fully developed player yet. He rarely faced man coverage. They would put him on these stacks to get him free releases. And I think that the NFL, you're going to have to do that for him. So he's not going to fit every single offense. He's certainly not going to fit in every single role, but against man coverage and keep in mind, it was almost always off coverage. He had 3.5 yards per route run versus man coverage, 7.2 yards per route run on these deep routes, post corners, goes back shoulders, double moves, all of that stuff. That's where you're going to get him. He's going to be a better in best ball type of guy. His ADOP could sit up all the way at 15 yards. So definitely in a, the right role. I'm a believer. Anything beyond that, I'm probably out. TCU's Quentin Johnson is up next, and I can kind of see this one going either way. I think he's a good athlete. I don't think he's a great athlete. He's got the right size, though, at 6'4", 215. His numbers were pretty solid. 5.3 yards per outrun on these deep routes. 3.2 yards per outrun against man coverage. But if you go look at some of his best tape, which was against Michigan, a lot of those yards came against blitzes that didn't get home, and a lot of them were free yarded. So I think some of this data can kind of be skewed by some stuff that's less sticky than what I think some production guys are going to say. Even though they use him in the screen game, I didn't think that he was all that elusive. I see sometimes at the top of his route where he kind of fall down in open space on some of these double moves that he's doing kind of trips up. And then when he gets targeted downfield, he's kind of a body catcher. That's why his drop rate is pretty high. So I think he has some potential because of his size, athleticism and production, but I do not think he's a complete player. I would not be taking him inside the top 20 in the NFL if I was a general manager. And I think that a lot of people are going to be really high on Quinton Johnston. So for right now, I think I'm going to be out on him. Ohio State's Jackson Smith and Jigba is up next. This is where it gets really tricky because I can see a lot of pros to his game. He is somebody that is going to be super Super slow developing, really set up these linebackers and safeties in the slot with a lot of hesitation and route running. He's got a really advanced level of running these short and intermediate routes. He kind of reminds me of like Jarvis Landry in a way, and I kind of use that as a pro and a con. In the right environment, I think that he has a chance to catch over 100 passes in the NFL, but I do think he is a slot-only player. He missed the entire 2022 season with a hamstring injury, and I don't think he's going to test all that well. A lot of times I saw him on these yards after the catch getting caught from behind. He doesn't look like an explosive athlete, in my opinion, so I think that's going to keep him kind of on that round one-two border without him getting too caught up, even though that he had, what was it? 347 yards and three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. Two more wide receivers you care about. Josh Downs from North Carolina. He's a slot only player as well. Definitely well-spoken. I can tell he knows a lot of ball. I think that he's probably going to end up in the second round, what kind of puts him in a tough spot, slot only second round. I think there's some reason for optimism, but I don't see a massive ceiling. And on the flip side, Boston Scott, Zay Flowers. I think a lot of people are going to really start to fall in love with him. He went on the inside or the outside 
He's definitely a smaller type of player, but Boston College was really desperate for production. He was clearly the best player. So I'm curious what his combine number is going to be. I'm curious what he's going to weigh. I'm curious if NFL teams think he's going to be an inside or outside. But I know the dynasty community has a lot of hope for Zay Flowers because of what he's done. In general, I don't think this class is all that good, but this next position, the tight ends, Looks like it's going to be the stars of the class. I think there's four of them that you should really get to know. Number one, Michael Meyer out of Notre Dame. He's going to be that every down tight end, put his hand in the dirt, definitely athletic enough to win on the outside. His production numbers look rock solid. And then there's going to be a couple players right behind him. I think that Dalton Kincaid out of Utah has a chance to go round one. Oregon State's Luke Musgrave is absolutely blowing up in the senior bowl. One of the fastest players down there. I think he's going to test like an incredible athlete. He has been a little bit of the sleeper because of his injuries, but I think he has a chance to go round one. And then Darnell Washington out of Georgia. He's as big as a house. I think that he has a chance to be a top 50. Is he going to have the same receiving profile as these other three? Probably not, but he went to Georgia for a reason. And I think this is going to end up being the position group that kind of leads this 2023 NFL draft class. With that, it's early February. You cannot keep me accountable for any of these draft takes. If you're still watching this video, I think this tournament is perfect for you. We're going to have a million dollars in prizes. Drafts only take about 45 minutes to complete. If you think you're grinding NFL free agency harder than anybody else, if you think I'm an idiot with my draft takes, go prove me wrong. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Promo code the show will match your deposit up to $100. Remember, fantasy football drafts do not start in August. We're your partners over here at Underdog. Get in the draft lobbies in February. Go tell your friends. Peace.